Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. So we are back in the Podcast Town studio. This whole month, we continue to focus on minority health, right? And I believe in order for us to focus on that, we have to be mindful about our own personal health and having confidence and knowledge in who we are. And if anyone knows who they are, they realize that this has been or it it is a journey. So my next guest, she's walking into courtrooms with confidence and tech, and I'm sure she didn't wake up just super confident, so I'm sure it's going to get real, and it's going to be a great journey for both of us to really go on together. So I want to welcome her into this podcast by sharing a vulnerable moment of discovering your identity. I think self-discovery in itself is always going to be vulnerable because just the same as you're introducing yourself to other people. Um, and as soon as you discover something, you're so excited to go um, and share that piece of you, not knowing whether or not that person on the other side is ready to receive you in that form. So I think with me, one of my always is a vulnerable thing for me is approaching my parents uh, and the folks that in my head are always, you know, they're supposed to love me through everything. Like they're supposed to accept me in every form. Um, And as I've gotten older, I realized like my parents are also human um, and it takes them time to accept changes. And I'm not their little girl anymore. Um, And they're getting to know me as an adult just as much as I'm getting to know them. So I think as I've come to that realization, it's become more and more vulnerable, actually, with the more that I share with them, because we're we've been able to kind of break down walls, whether it be. You know, my coming out story, I think I wasn't as vulnerable as I thought I would be um, in sharing that with them, but it still was something to where it it was just odd. And I kind of just made it as a statement. Like it wasn't, I wasn't asked for approval. (laughs) I kind of like just, I was like, this is it. (laughs) And y'all better be ready because I'm (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Like I didn't allow that space for them to, um, you know, really process that on their own. And we had a lot of conversations about that. It wasn't awkward. And I was blessed to have a, a very supportive family, but they were honest. They was like, oh, just don't take me some time. Like, and I had to, <laughs> I had to really be comfortable with risking the relationship that I had in my head of what my parents were supposed to be for me. Um, like I, I had a point in my journey where I was like, my mom is not coming to my wedding and I need to like have that in my head mm. and accept that as a, as a role and like a, a possibility. Um, and that was a very vulnerable state for me. Like I like see my mom call me and I just like want to cry. Like, you're not gonna be here. And I'm like, I don't even I'm not even dating right now. Like, it has nothing to do with where I am in my life. But that was a very that overall journey has been um uh, very a very vulnerable space for me. Um mm-hmm. because uh although we have that lifetime bond of being parent and child, like we're also like peers. We're also like you know, still going in our own personal journeys as well. So it's really scary to, you know, although I don't question whether or not they'll always love me, like they might, it might take some time for them to rock me, rock with me in certain ways or be comfortable uh, with accepting all of me. Um, and it's, 
it is changing forms. So I think that's that for me is going to be an ongoing space of vulnerability in my life. That's really interesting because I rewind back 10 years. And even when I reached out to you, I cannot help but to see you and your dad and how close the two of you were. I was just like, is this real? But this is a girl who has her own issues, not close with her father, right? And so I'm interested to hear what was that conversation like and how has your relationship shifted for the good or for the bad? So my dad, like, that is real. Like, that is my, that's my road. I like since I came out the womb um, and I have never known a match level of love that I've received from my dad, like on, like, I respect that man through and through. And like, we've come to really like love each other on every level. And Mm -hmm. as I came out um, and my sexuality, you know, uh, was brought to my dad, like from the beginning, he was, he was kind of like, I don't care. (laughs) Like, I don't care. He's like, you better get these degrees. You better focus. Like, he was like, I don't care. (laughs) I think he had like this, he had this one, like probably, mad problematic line. like, I don't care. You a girl, a boy, apple, orange. I don't care what you, I don't care what you like. <laughs> you better do what you got to do. Like, and kind of just instill it in me. Um, and like, let me know, like, I don't care. And then he went through this phase of buying me all things rainbow. And I still have one of, <laughs> one of the water bottles to this day. Like I just came home one day and it was just a bunch of rainbow stuff on my bed. I was like, all right, dad. <laughs> I get it. You you love me. Right, right. So that was even with me, like I never I never questioned uh whether or not uh my dad will rock with me through certain things, but um even with that, my dad is just hyper protective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, he genuinely does not care who it is. Um and he tells me this through and through. He's like, I don't care who it is. If I don't see their, them as being a right fit for you, you will know that. Off off rip, and it won't be about <laughs> it won't be about what the what their parts are it'll be about the way they treat you or and that's something that I had to really uh, like help me in my own personal journey like mm-hmm. sexuality for me I, I consider myself as fluid um and I don't really as I've gotten older I've, I've strayed away from specific you know boundaries or labels um knowing that I prefer women and like I see my life as being with a woman but I haven't pigeonholed myself in that. And a part of that was my dad really instilling, like, it's not really about what that person looks like or what their biological parts are. It's about how they treat you. And I always, I'm like, if you ain't at my dad level, of love, <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's a bar. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that that journey for, for me and my dad has been ongoing. Um, and he, <laughs> it's funny the way his his support comes through. Like, he'll randomly be like oh you should get involved with this organization they have <laughs> like that i'm not in canada like, <laughs> like random lgbtq organizations but it's just right. a show of him being open and it, and he had his moments of still wanting me to you know come come to church with me man what, what is dress i think <laughs> i mean <laughs> i think you should, i think you look cute in this right <laughs> you look cute in this come on um and I would entertain it uh to some extent but mm-hmm. he he eventually was like oh that's a bad suit that's right like he he eventually grew with me at the more I own my identity um and mm. presented myself wholly in different spaces like I was like that yeah I'm I'm walking through court I'm I'm still in these law school classes I'm still uh garnering the respect and you know upholding your vision and like 
making sure that my name is respected for all that it is. Um, and that's something that we kind of, he's instilled in me since an early age. So making sure that he knew that and I was able to do that in my way, kind of mm-hmm. allow him to buy into, into me and really be like, yeah, like he's, he's proud of like my style and my image um, and is able to, you know, go in on a couple of suits for me. So right. <laughs> how are you showing up in the world? It's, it's awesome to hear that he's still your biggest cheerleader. Because that's something that I saw way back when. And it was amazing because it was like, all of these black kids, we got about 50 of them. And it's this one. It was mind blowing to me as a young person and as someone who was really striving for that same relationship. And I think about your confidence now, right? You were definitely confident back then. And so when it came to identifying that you were attracted to women. I'm curious on what that journey looked like because when I reflect back on my life in college, I feel like I tried everything known to man from drugs, uh, not all drugs because there are some serious drugs that I did not dabble in. So I'm not going to go that extreme, Uh, but I did dibble dabble in same sex. And what I discovered through my personal journey is my comfortability with same sex came from being molested by a girl. And then I started to dig into like, well, yeah, I really don't want this necessarily. Um, I explored in it. And the more I explored in it, it kind of pushed me back like, hold on, I'm really just playing and some stuff. This isn't really my desire. How did you know or when did you know that, you know, I'm really attracted to same sex? Mm hmm. I think I, I can't identify point is really has been a fluid like trend in my life. Like when I think about if I had to like create a chapter book of mm-hmm. my sexual journey in my life, like every chapter begins with an attraction to a woman or a girl. Um, like my first kiss on a playground, like my general like desires. Like I got caught when I I remember having this memory suppressed for so long. And then <laughs> When I started, like, when I got older, I was like, everybody knew. Like, y'all, dare it. Y'all, me. I was like five, and I I remember getting in trouble and, like, mm-hmm. being put on a porch and be like, you can't do that. That's not okay. But I, I remember, like, the act. I remember, like, oh, I'm kiss you. Like, that right. crushy, like, mm-hmm. oh, I got a crush on her. That, like, genuinely, like, my most innocent moments as becoming a child and like having crushes and like all that like they are consistently tied to the same sex mm-hmm. um and as I got older once it was like condemned in my head and like I think I, it was never like a hard thrashing but it was something that was repeatedly instilled in me like that's just not right mm-hmm. and I think I, I internalized that to an extent to where I got to high school and I was at one of the most welcoming high schools for LGBTQ in the area. (laughs) And I was like hyper homophobic and like all my friends, like I played basketball. So everybody, you know, shooting that way. So, (laughs) and I was like, no, this is the straight side of the table. That is the, wow. And it was like, it was kind of tongue in cheek with my friends. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, I was cool with them, but it was still like, no, I do not identify that way. I that is not me, and like I really held strong to that. I don't know where it came from, but mm-hmm. as soon as I got to high school, I was like, "Y'all ain't about to put that on me." <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, and then, like it was, it was just what it was. So, and now, kind of looking back at that, a lot of my attractions to to males were super superficial. Like it mm-hmm. was to this day. Like I, I don't 
there are very few men that I've able I've been able to really develop and maintain strong emotional bonds to. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there are men to this day, like I love you. Like if if there was a way, it'd be a way. Um, <laughs> but there's just no, it's not, it's nothing that I can sustain. Okay. Um, so, um, and that's kind of just something that that along the journey has has it's just been kind of fluid. So there's not one specific moment that mm-hmm. I know. It's just been a trend of me being drawn or like I don't know I don't know how to describe it um and my mom like when I came out to my mom this is like a key line I feel like it's gonna be in my memoir she was like we all have passion you gotta control your passion (laughs) (laughs) is she in the church that I could I could picture that because I relate and equalize passions to sins I can see the similarities because there are some things that I touch that I don't need to touch. I do not. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Hennessy, tequila. I don't want to touch it. I can't touch it. The person I turn into is not who I'm supposed to be. So I could hear that coming from a religious background. And that that makes me think about what is your relationships? And so I'm going to split it because mm-hmm. I believe that it's a difference. I believe man comes in and kind of shapes religion. So what's your religion and then what's your relationship with God? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I always make that distinction. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate when it's done up front. So religion, I think, has become more of um, it's not something that I practice regularly. Well, I guess I do. I don't practice it in the traditional form. Okay. Um, so I don't go I don't have like a church home, although I saw one out because I love the congregation. About, I love praise and worship. That's mm-hmm. always been a comfort area. I was raised in a church. And I genuinely believe in the power of the spirit when folks are gathered Mm -hmm. Um, and it's unmatched, especially in like black churches. It is just an unmatched environment. So for someone that, you know, I just am a nomad and like I go to different spaces and Mm -hmm. I usually just build community based off of the place that I'm at. And I think that is a staple like comfort area for community for me. But I've never found like a church home. And I also just don't agree with a lot of the um, the principles of modern religion and the way it's kind of uh, been, as you said, like man is kind of uh, created a different lane of religion that I can't really rock with. Mm-hmm. But I still value that space and what it can hold for people. I, I feel like man cannot take away what God is, has deemed for the church. Um, and if you go there with the intentions of what you know you want to get out of it. Like, I don't care what y'all saying. What what the music is? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the no. worship going. <laughs> okay. It's the best part, though. It welcomes you into the word. Yes, yes. I, I, I do value it in that sense. And, you know, I love me some Sarah Jakes Roberts. All right. I'm, I'm consistent. <laughs> I'd be writing them live. I mean, you know, I, I replay my messages. So that mm-hmm. is a, more of a consistent practice for me. Right. Um, and she, I think she's just really gifted in, in delivering her messages um, mm-hmm. and connecting with folks. So I think those are the more traditional aspects of religion. And that comes from my childhood um, and creating that comfort. And I think that is um, an easy route to feel connected to God. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, in terms of my personal relationship with God, like it is ever growing um, and it, it, it strengthens it every day. Like I was just talking about this the other day, uh, Sunday, I think. And I'm always talking to God like I before every conversation, before every room that I walk into, like I have go to mm-hmm. prayers um, and just conversations with God. And I think as I got older, I had to own my relationship with God, especially 
with the way that I lead my life mm-hmm. and the aspects of myself that are deemed to be against the word or against uh, God. Like I had to be like, yo, you got to tell me, <laughs> you guide me in the way. Like I can't right. take what other folks are saying as being true to my experience with God, because like, you can't tell me the way we rock it. Like, right. we're good. Right. Man, God is good. <laughs> I don't know what your God telling you, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we're fine. Um, and I genuinely lead with my heart um, mm-hmm. in every aspect. And I think that is something that keeps me grounded. Um, and I'm, I've been more intentional over the last couple of years of, you know, releasing certain things and being more vulnerable as it comes to uh, my spirituality and my connection to God and my walk in that way. Mm hmm. And the extent to which I, um, you know, really step into that aspect of my life because it ties into everything like my toxic relationships in the past, like my uh, struggles with mental health, like all of those. Like when I look through and through, I talk to my best friend about this all the time. Like there's a lot of stuff that could have broken me. Like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that I made it through that there is no way, ain't nothing on this earth, but God got me through those. Um, And I knew it in those moments. Like I felt it in those moments. So there's not anything on this earth. Like nothing on this earth can tell me like there's not a God that is with me and like lives in me and works through me and all that I do. Um, And that's why I I truly believe like my journey is tied to other people's. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what keeps me founded in that relationship with God. Can you talk about that? So when I think about my confidence and who I am, there were people when I was at Oshkosh who's like, Tyra, go do broadcast, go do community, like go do something around communications, community broadcast, outward facing. And I just couldn't accept it. I could not accept that that was my lane because of my own insecurities. Like what you want me to read a teleprompter? Do you see all of these students who have come from high schools, high schools who started in broadcast? Now they're in a whole program. I'm three years into college. There is no way that I could show up as this person. And then when I would try to tiptoe myself in there, the comments that I receive from the other people would push me away and say, you know what, it's really not for me. You know, I don't have any education in this. I don't have a background. And so I found myself believing what other people said. I already had my own insecurities on top of their words. Okay, we're going to go over here where I'm comfortable, where I could see myself being successful. And so when I hear you talk about your relationship with God being so strong, was there ever a moment where you searched the word and, and you thought like, I am an abomination, and then you found a space in a place? Because I think there are a lot of youth today, especially, who are looking at themselves in the mirror and they're hearing the words of other people, not necessarily what God says, or you know how you just talked about letting go. We got to go through this phase of letting go. It's not only everything we've experienced, but everything we've believed about ourselves. Like, can you talk about that journey in terms of your sexuality? Because I totally am on the same wave of my relationship with God is heart posture. And we can miss that as humans. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's been uh, me actually internalizing that deeply, um, Mm -hmm. but it has definitely frazzled me. Mm -hmm. Um, And what comes to mind immediately, there's two things. One thing is a lot of family conversations, whether it be uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we're gathered, or just little slick slide comments. I think there's a lot of folks, especially family members that knew you from a Todd and was like, well, you, 
you used to like boys. <laughs> well, I also used to like Barney. Like, I don't know what <laughs> talking about. Let it go. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, or there would be, uh, I, there's a single cousin to this day that um, we had a couple tips. To this, uh, we used to be so tight. We used to be so cool. Mm-hmm. But they um, are hyper-religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't want to negate nobody's journey with the Lord, but um, condemns a lot and judges a lot. Um, and is not in a position to do so, I'll say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> really holds strong to those views um, and, and is loud about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, although I'm not someone, like I said, I, I was blessed to be in a family uh, that was really welcoming and loving um, in terms of my like parents. Um, right. And I didn't have any struggles. Like, if anything, my sexual identity, like, it got me scholarships. Like, I, I, like, I be chilling. Like, there's no, like, I, I can't point to a thing that was like, it is less in my journey. Like, it is mm-hmm. beautiful over here. Um, but um, I think there's this idea at, to when a lot of folks will put this on you, like, it's just gone. And it's a mental, it's a mental illness. And like, mm-hmm. all these things that are spewed. And when I counteract with facts, I'm such. A, I'm a lawyer, right? So I love a good little. Like I'll be having fun with them. <laughs> I'll be having fun with them, but it it does get annoying to um like I shouldn't have to defend my humanity with someone that like we was raised together. Like I mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. Like you you really um are negating who I am as a person based off of what you think you read or interpreted in in the word. Um and that really is a sticky subject for me. Like um I allow folks to you know hold your views like those are genuine views and at the same time you have to hold space for my humanity and and to the when your views like hinder me or someone like me from being able to fully live and love and lead a life of happiness that's when I have a problem um and I I don't really respect or allow people around me to spew those things um and even if it doesn't affect me personally like I I say what I need to say so that those outside voices can really can really start to to dig in um and it, to me it started it, once I got to a point of acceptance like it just started to make me question um the strength of my relationships with my family outside of my parents and it's like I don't have to have you in my life like I don't respect you I'm gonna mute you I'm gonna um, follow <laughs> you like I don't need you in my life like mm-hmm. thank you for saving me money because you're not getting invited like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to do it right <laughs> and I think this is more recently in terms of like outside voices or outside even labels if it's something that you've read or something a video that you watch and like oh I identify with that that is that is me. Let me take that. Um, <laughs> like that is, that is it. Like, yes. Or no, that's not like it, it starts to make you question. And it was something that came to me maybe like a week ago. I don't know if it was like in a dream or something. And it was just like the very short phrase of it's an addition, not an identity. Mm. Um, and I, I think that I've been sitting with that for the past week. I was like, that is so true. Like at my core, like anything outside of me and my essence and my my soul is an addition like whether it be my degrees my sexuality like the people in my life that is an addition um and it's not my identity it's not um it's not who god put me on this earth to be and the beauty beautiful thing about addition is like you can take it away you can take what you want <laughs> you can subtract it you can identify like it is yes. what it is like it can stay there as long as it wants 
um, but it doesn't take away from your core. Um, mm-hmm. And I've kind of just been sitting with that and allowing that to kind of sit with me for a bit, um, especially when it comes to a, a lot of people are going to try to add to you um, and you have to be mindful of like, this is not me. Like this does not rock with my core. Mm-hmm. Um, it is what it is. And I think that's why I've, I've fallen into like that fluidity. Like I don't, labels are for other people and it's for the comfort of other people. Uh, sometimes in your journey, it can be um, useful to mm-hmm. see certain definitions and be like, I'm not weird for feeling this way. Like there are other people and this is a, this is a definition that really fits into this. And like, there's, if you're a person, like for me, I like to read and like hear and like I learn through that way and it kind of validates my personal feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at certain points, it was good for me to like do some research and, and read up and see other people in those positions and identify like, oh, this is an aspect of life. It's a whole new world. Right. And once I got through that and entered, I was like, OK, now that I know this is here, I'm not tripping. Now, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and really being able to take a space out. And that's a lifetime journey. Um, and I think uh, that's why I love the fluidity of it, of, you know, I, it's not a time, it's not a race. I, I don't even really like, I don't feel like my kids will ever have to come out. Like, I <laughs> ain't no closet. Like, you, know, you do what you do. <laughs> don't even come to me. I don't know. <laughs> there, I mean, and we are, I think, on so many different levels going towards the space of no labels. And I love what you said. It's not my identity because I believe that's something as humans we have to sit in understanding what your identity is. If COVID did not teach us that identity can only be wrapped up in Jesus Christ and that everything else can be taken away. Your job, your finances, you know, like what you have access to literally going to the grocery store. All of these things can be taken away and being okay with because it's not it wasn't my sexual identity, but it was my identity that I needed to discover during COVID. Understanding that I can't find my identity in being a broadcaster and having all this access. I needed to find my identity in Jesus so that he could write my path. And I love what you said about it being additions, because there are certain additions that I picked up that guys like set that down. And there are some things that I set down and guys like, okay, pick it up. And that's what he's done for me these last two years. Let me assort your closet with the things that I want you to have in there, not things that your eyes see as appealing and attractive. And so that's one thing that I just, when you said that I got chills because I feel that on such a deep level, but that's a personal journey. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how to do that, how to walk down that journey. Yeah. And you can't tell me. And it's it's due to my DNA makeup with Jesus solely, right? And so when I hear like the confidence that you exude through your storytelling and through your conversation, I think about how it takes a confident individual to uproot from where they've been raised and what they've known and to start a new life. Do you connect your confidence in your sexuality and who you want to be in this world to being able to say, I'm going to go out here and get mine? Because I see there are so many people my age, older than me, younger than me, who have these dreams but won't step out and chase them and always thinking about what's the hindrance. And I feel like it's have I hindered myself in just the lack of confidence, just not believing enough? So what are your thoughts in, in taking that transition from your comfortability to just going out there and saying, hey, it's time for me to get this? Yeah, I, I don't. I always put it in my head like I had a specific journey and it, it's always mad broad. Like it's like I'm going to law school. I don't know where I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to get there. And like once I graduated, I was like, OK. 
I have no plans after this. <laughs> that was the extent of my five-year plan. It was like, that was it. Let's regroup. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I guess I can pass the bar exam, you know, get a little job. So, <laughs> like, so now um, I, I think I've always just been driven by my identity as a student, as a professional. Um, and I, I did go through this point, I, like you said, that transition into big girl world. And over the past year, I've been like, yo, a lot of myself has been tied to like creating my professional identity, creating my um, lane and space uh, as a student and ensuring my future in that lane. Um, and something that I realized, because I was kind of hard on myself, I was like, yo, you spent a lot, like you've been in school since kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> whole life, whole life. Still learning. <laughs> I didn't know life outside of the classroom. I was like, oh, you just, you just work every day, huh? You right, know? right. <laughs> I don't got classes. Uh, like, I don't got to fill out the passport. Like, this, <laughs> what is this world? Um, so it was a, it was kind of, I was kind of hard on myself of like, was this the right path? Starting to question like, yeah, I got all these, these letters after my name, like all mm-hmm. this, like, yes, yeah, the prestige, just uh, I, I'm very proud of myself. And at the same time, I was like, what other aspects of myself was I negating in order to get to this point? Um, and I think that once I started to ask that question, that's when I, I fell into my journey with God um, and really allowed that part of me to grow. Um, even like dating and like romantic relationships, I was more intentional in those um, and really started to put more energy into, into that aspect of myself. But um, something that I, I, I know like kind of settled me on that question and, and maybe be like you tripping was that like throughout that journey I was still myself um and it was like it, it didn't matter where I went it didn't matter what it was I knew my goal um and I always knew that I would not compromise who I was I wouldn't compromise my comfortability for folks around me I wouldn't compromise my look I wouldn't compromise the way I spoke um and I wouldn't compromise my integrity um or my like skill Mm-hmm. Um, I knew my worth from the beginning, like before I went to law school, I knew my worth after law school mm-hmm. without the letter. So really settling in and understanding like you did this and you did it true to yourself. Um, so nothing along that path was taken away from you. Um, you created space for folks throughout that journey um, and it was still meaningful in your path. And now it's just time to switch gears, like allow that that aspect of you to to close that chapter as a student and really lean into the fact of, you know, now it's just time to expend that energy in a different route. Um, So now I'm building my personal brand. I'm building my own practice. I'm doing my nine to five job. I'm doing all these lanes. um, And I feel like a kid in a candy store again. It's like, I feel like I'm recreating a new, a new five-year plan. That'll Mm -hmm. be like, all right, what's, what's the goal now? Like I already, it's going to be judged. So I'm going to be a judge at some point. And that's when I'm going to get a neck tat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> change the oh, game. Change the game. Maybe a little eyebrow or something. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think that's what it is. Just being willing to lean into, because it's not a comfortable space being right. the, uh, like I had locks throughout my journey in law school. I had locks, visible tattoos, um, brown skin. And I was always like masculine presenting. Um, and I was always the only one, like mm-hmm. it was, maybe it was three other black people there, but I was the only <laughs> one that looked like me. I was the only one that talked like me. I was the only one that did not really adhere to traditional, um, ideas of professionalism. Um, and I maintain that 
in my professional life and in my businesses now. Um, so I think just leaning into the discomfort that that automatically brings, I don't care how confident you are. Mm-hmm. Like once when you are the like eyeball out, like right. you are garnering a certain level of energy and like people are looking at you and it is weird if you're not used to that amount of like attention, like people mm-hmm. gonna look at you twice. And I, I'm at the point now. Um, and I think this has come from me just instilling that, uh, that confidence in myself. Like I genuinely look in the mirror and be like, but it doesn't allow me to really absorb that energy like people gonna like double take like now I got colored hair like folks Mm -hmm. are gonna like double take and like I forget I got it sometimes I'm like look at it like uh, but really allowing that discomfort to exist um and not take away from your confidence is a skill. Um, it's a learned skill. Like I'm not always my flyest when I don't got a fresh haircut. Like I don't feel the best, but you know, this too shall pass. <laughs> I love that you said uh, your next five year goals and it makes you feel like a kid in the candy store because I think of that scripture that tells us to always be childlike. So mm-hmm. you're going to be seeking because it's a new journey. You know, you're you're going to be looking for confirmation from God on which way to go. I love how you said you have the vision And then you just kind of walk towards it and you let it be. And I think for especially for my personality, it took me until COVID to realize that, you know, I had to let go some of my planners. I had to let go some of my notes and just be free in the experience. And what I realized was it allowed me to be present and it grew my confidence because I started to depend more on God than myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear you, I'm just thinking of like all the transitions that I've gone through. It's like. Whoa, when I start over, it actually is so rewarding because then I look back and I'm like, look how far I've come. Okay, this won't be hard. And as the the obstacles start to present themselves, I have a little bit more grace every time. And so I'm just reminded, okay, Tyra, be more childlike. (laughs) Uh, Because then life starts to fall as it should versus how I'm forcing it to. And so when you talk about that discomfort, I can walk in it with a little bit more grace, still being uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Still fighting the emotions of not showing up and showing up anyway, but then looking back and like, oh, I'm glad I showed up today and seeing all the benefits to showing up, not to myself, but to all those around me. So that is a token that I'm just like, I had to take a note on that myself. (laughs) Um, But as we wrap up, I mean, you gave so much of you today. What is something that we may have missed or that you just want to expound on from your personal and journey that's going to encourage the listeners? Hmm. I think I was kind of going back to the confidence question and people ask me all all the time of like, where do you get your confidence from? Or like, how did you get to this space of just not caring? And that is, I feel like that's a fallacy. Like, it's not that I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just understand that if I allow other people's perceptions or limitations that they place on me, um, whether or not they express them or not, then that won't allow me to fully realize who I'm meant to be on this earth. Um, and that is not only limiting me, like that's limiting bags, that's limiting my family, that's limiting like the young people around me that I, I want to make sure can come up after me. Um, and that's just disrespectful to, you know, the people that allow me to be here. Mm-hmm. So I would just share that, find Find that, find that and welcome the love in the, in the things that are being poured into you around you. Like for me, I was, I got a constant pouring from my dad. Like that mm-hmm. is something that I'm blessed with. Not a lot of people have that. And I, I truly cherish that, but that's not 
that's not that's still an outside source of love. You know what I mean? Right. Like my dad can pour into me if I got a hole in the bottom. Like it ain't <sighs> there's nothing. If I if I don't know what to do with that, he could be like, you are the best. You are the star on the earth, which you right. have been doing since I was born. You are <laughs> the best. And if I truly did not like allow that to sit with me, um, knowing it or not, like take it for what it is. Like this person is telling me this. It got to be some truth to it. I'll take it, take it for what it is. Um, right. And for me, it was a lot. There's always been people around me speaking greatness onto me um, and really seeing parts of me that um, I knew were there, but it was like, all right, cool. But I don't know what that fully means. And I couldn't fully realize that. And I still can't like it's a journey. Mm -hmm. So really take that love. Like really, there is love out here. There's a lot of trash out here, but there's a lot of folks that you can find love from and cherish that. Like, don't take it for granted. Um, People do not have to rock with you. My best friend, I was like questioning this (laughs) with my best friend. And I was like, you know, maybe people just be, you know, they just be saying stuff. She's like, girl, I do not have to talk to you. She's like, I choose to talk to you. Like, I right. love you. You're my best friend. I do not have to talk to you. Right. Like, right. I, I choose to because you are a value in my life. Like, outside of, like, our years of friendship, like, you are a valuable person. Um, and you add value to my life just as much as I add value to yours. Um, and mm-hmm. own, own the value that you add to this earth. Um, and that'll allow you to really grow into your confidence. Um, and until you can stand on your own, like allow other people to uplift you um, mm-hmm. and really lean on that. Don't take it for granted. Be like, like allow other people to gas you. And even if you think they're making it up, like they'll be like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> if more than one person saying it, something got to be true about it. Right, so, right. <laughs> allow that to be. So that, that's what I was sharing a lot. Like you're you're meant to have your own lane. Like you are meant to, really lead on your own there may be people that influence you like and that is for a reason like they went on that journey and a part of their journey is meant to meant to you know shed light on yours but really fall into the to the idea that you can create this life for for yourself like there are are no rules like (laughs) you can really do what you want to do and like Mm -hmm. create that path and the best way to do that is really step like really be solid um in yourself and trust yourself trust god and like just rock it out like figure it out as you go um and take care of yourself because it is a journey and be mindful of uh the way other people can uh affect your your health um your spiritual and mental health um and just rock it out we're all nobody know what's going on just <laughs> remember that <laughs> keep going <laughs> we're all it. fake professionals honestly <laughs> Um, well, this has been Thank a joy. I am so grateful that you were on the show just to share a piece of your journey. And one of the things that you closed out with that I love, you know, be around people who fill your cup up. And it's not just them filling your cup up. Be self-aware enough to know that you need healing if it's leaking out of the cup. You know, patch that hole up with God. And, and that takes courage, you know, to look in the mirror and say, OK, I need something. I'm missing something. And understanding that not patching the cup up, you limit your legacy. Your legacy is limited because you won't grow. You won't move forward. You have the community pouring into you and you're going to allow it. You're allowing it to spill out daily. And so I'm just grateful for the nuggets that you share because there is someone who's struggling walking that line, whether it's self-confidence, whether it's sexuality, whether it's, you know, motherhood, fatherhood, whatever journey and transition that you're on. Be mindful that it's a personal one. 
It's only one that you can take. And if you bring God along the way, the shifts happen as they're supposed to happen. All we can do is just, you know, God gave us gift choice. All we can do is walk where we're supposed to walk. And there are times where we hear the whisper and we hear the warning to not do what we're going to engage in. Whether we still participate is a choice. So being mindful that every, my mom always used to say this, every decision that we make, there's a consequence for it. And it'll affect us today or tomorrow. Um, and there's good and bad consequences of that. So thank you for sharing your nuggets. There was something to be learned across the board. I'm encouraged to continue the journey. And I'm just grateful to have had this time. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been it's been, you know, I love to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> you are like a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it, though. So I know that you a one. So if I need anything, I know where to go. Um, I'll be looking you up like, OK, I done got myself into some trouble. Yeah, <laughs> pick your state. I know somebody everywhere. All right. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how we stay connected. <laughs> But that's all we've got today on Invisible Talks. We enjoy learning about the journeys because there are perspectives across the world. And we never know what situation we'll end up in. So these nuggets help us today or they will help us tomorrow. But we all got a journey to go on to. Just don't limit your legacy in the midst of doing it. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain or struggles. To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elam.